I feel a deep responsibility to my students. I know what it felt like to be a singer, to go on stage, to be naked. My name is Louise Newsom, and you're listening to The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. On this episode, you will meet Celeste Simone, a comedian, singer, director, and coach who is a long-standing resident of Nyack, New York. Monday morning. Yeah, it's getting better. It was raining. Oh, yeah, a little bat and wait for us. Oh, come on, spring, really. Her studios are based in both Manhattan and Nyack, and during her long-standing career, has worked with many famous names, such as Cheetah Rivera, Didi Khan, Lonnie Ackerman, composer David Shire, and American Idol's Kimberly Locke, to name just a few. Celeste, a celebrity in her community, known and revered for her time and support to numerous fundraisers and the many local Nike students she has coached over the past three decades. So, Celeste, a long-time resident of Nyack. Long time. And we've, we've talked about this before, but I lived right down the street from you. In that house. In on that, that corner. House, in that, on that corner. How come you moved? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what? Now roll on 20 years. I want that house back because now I want to go back to the nice, small, small, manageable. Yes. And it's a lovely block. Oh, I love this block. But you have that fabulous house up there. For a while. For a while. We had some fun events there. So I also interviewed Maria Luisa just recently. Another long-standing, wonderful resident business owner in the town. And lovely lady. So for you, Celeste, how important has it been being part of the community, personally and professionally? Well, I grew up in Blauvelt, New York, which is just, what, five minutes away from Nyack. And Nyack was always the uncommon suburbia. My mother used to say, it's weird, Nyack. And I used to go, I love Nyack. (laughs) And lo and behold, I moved here from New York City. It has been, on both counts, an amazing place for me. My business is here, and the community of artists in Nyack is extraordinary. The talented families that live here, which breed then talented young people who want to be in the theater or learn about music and voice, and I am lucky enough to teach them. And from that, I am a real part of Nyack. I mean, I walk down the street and I feel like I have friends and It's a good feeling. Having been in show business and living in New York City, there's a great amount of autonomy. You know, you don't feel like you belong. And when I moved to Nyack in 1990 back, I think it was 1990. Oh God, I've lived here 29 years in Nyack. I got what I was missing in New York City. You know, I tried to do my shopping here in Nyack, my drugstore. Oh my God, Coblins. I was in Europe and I had a problem and I called Coblins and they took care of it. You don't get that when you go to a big drugstore. You know, you can get anything here. And my friends are all here in Nyack, you know. I, I, it's been great for me. I love it. And I, I would be very sad to ever have to leave here. I've been here about the same time as you, just a few years later I came. And just to see the rich community, the growth here, especially from that time in the early 90s yes. and continuing. And it's diverse. And it's diverse. And I think that's most probably another reason that makes Nyack attract a, a certain demographic is because of the diversity. Yes. 
We are not New City. We are not Orangeburg. We are Nyack. It is a little... And we're not Westchester. And we're not Westchester. Hard to get into the city from here, public transportation, (laughs) but it's worth it. (laughs) But we now have a very large bridge. Oh, we do. A beautiful bridge. (laughs) Multicolored bridge. The Tappan Zee. The Tappan Zee Bridge. (laughs) I'm not going to call it that other name. (laughs) (laughs) So... You've been in business a long time, Celeste. How long have you been? I have. I've been in show business my whole life since I'm, uh, I don't remember when. And then uh, I think we talked about this at age, um, that wasn't supposed to happen. At age 40, I got cancer and I decided that it was time to give up the performing and make teaching a full-time job for myself. And it has been the best thing. I believe that the 25 years I spent performing and being on stage has only brought me to a much better place to be a teacher and to share my experiences, good and bad, with young people. And that's who I mostly work with. I certainly have adult students. I have an office in the city and I work from my home here. And here in Nyack, it's mostly young people from all of the little towns surrounding Nyack. But Nyack, I have to tell you, I just saw their high school production. It was like a Broadway show. I was so proud of my kids. Amazing what happens in that school district with the arts. Amazing. And I was in awe of my own students. It was fantastic. So I I smell the coffee. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to go and pour? Yes, I do. So Celeste, Nike's such an interesting community. It's just so diverse, full of amazing, creative people. Who are some of the people that you've met in the community over the years? Well, it's really interesting. The famous ones, of course, Rosie O'Donnell and Jonathan Demme, who passed away last year, unfortunately, a very important person for the film industry and for our community. Very involved. Oh, very involved. And you, you... you walk down the street in Nyack, he knew everybody's name and he was fantastic. But then there are tons of people from the Philharmonic, from the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, from the Metropolitan Opera. We have lots of Broadway people that live up here. It's a short commute to the city and it's just a very interesting town. I think because it's a river town, I do believe this because water breeds some sort of tranquility and peace and inspires in mm. some ways. And um, the the author, the famous author, McCuller, what did we say? What was her name? Uh, we just said her name. Carson. Carson McCuller. Yes. Right. I mean, there's so many interesting people in Nyack. I mean, there are, people are interesting, period. But I think Nyack, when I was a little girl growing up in Blauvelt, as I said, Nyack is where you, was interesting. And it was, it was still st- interesting, even though it was, it was kind of a dangerous place, right? It kind of was, but that was what my mother would say. Did I everyone's I- mother said that, because everyone yeah, talked to exactly. the same opinion. Yeah, but I remember so clearly, there was where the thrift shop is, there was a dress shop by the name of Yanko's, and there was a woman, a heavyset woman, and because I was always chubby, she had large size clothes, and my mother would take me to Mrs. Yanko's. Then in front of Erie Neary, if you look on the ground, there's a sign that says Herbert's. It's in the textiles, in the tiles. It was Herbert's shoe store. Hmm. And we got our shoes at Herbert's. The Woolworths, oh my God. 
Well, for me, being a Brit, I mean, I had a Woolworths in England that I grew up with. So when I came to Nike, I felt like I was home. Oh, isn't that neat? Yeah. And it had the it. fountain and it had that vanilla smell when you walked in. I remember when my son was a baby and we'd take the stroller up there and it was like that was our stop was Woolworths. And I bet you he went on that little horse. That's many, right. Many quarters. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I forgot about that. And then my my ex husband and my best friend had two flower shops here in Nyack, um, Simone. So we got to know the community through him having the flower shop also, hmm. which was lovely. Maybe the marriage wasn't. But he's <laughs> but he's such a doll. Oh, I remember a... him very well. I, I love have... him. I've seen him for a long time. He lives downstairs. I have to go say hello on the way out. <laughs> so we talked about how you're involved in the community now and how you moved away from performing to teaching. But let's go back to where it all began. In Bloorville, New York. Right. Um, and this journey of, you know, why performing... Was there anything else you wanted to do? Was it always this? No, it was always show business. I was blessed enough to go, well, I went to Tappan Zee High School, which had a lovely music department. And then my parents were just wonderful about it. They saw that I had a, a talent. I was gifted with a voice, which was, they saw that and they knew it had to be cultivated. And I went to Manhattan School of Music Preparatory Division. So every Saturday when my friends were going to the football games, I was going down to Manhattan School of Music and was mentored by some amazing people, you know, Cynthia Auerbach, who passed, but she was a director at City Opera, and Ilsa Sass, and it gave me a classical foundation, and my roots were in classical music. I then went back, I went to college and graduated from there with a degree in voice, and I was trained to be an opera singer. But I loved show business. In my day, in the 70s, the late 70s, there weren't all these. Every college has a musical theater program now, and um, I'll spare you my pontificating about that. But there weren't many choices then. So we went to Juilliard, you went to Manhattan School, you know, there was uh, Boston Conservatory, which still exists. And I decided I wanted to not do opera. So I went out and uh, started working in theater and nightclubs and hurt my voice trying to sing pop, musical theater, cabaret, whatever you want, on a solid classical technique. And that is when I really think I learned how to sing because I went to many different teachers after hurting myself to now people get surgery. I took time off and learned how to create the different sounds that make the music of today and of Gershwin and come alive through the voice in a healthy way without hurting yourself, that belty sound. So when I started to teach, it was kind of like, wow, this is so cool because everybody's yelling now and I can help kids learn how to, to do it healthy. And also because of the classical roots I really am a stickler for knowledge. And these kids have to know how to work. This is not an easy business. It's a wonderful business. I always say I saw the world on somebody else's pocketbook, but it chisels at your integrity. It chisels at your spirit. It, it chisels at everything. And you must have a really strong foundation. And if you don't, it can swallow you. So part of me being a voice teacher is also teaching them tools and rules and rudiments and good life lessons to go into the business. 
Does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, during this time when you were performing, I mean, did you have some important mentors in your life? I mean, you're, you're giving back so much now through your teaching, but during that time for you, did you have people that were there for you and mentoring you? And They were, but not in the same way I am for my kids. And it's not that I'm tooting my horn. I had wonderful teachers, but... I feel a deep responsibility to my students. I know what it felt like to be a singer, to go on stage, to be naked. So little things like texting. I love these communications with the devices. I try. I re- write everything in my on my computer. Who's opening? Who has a big audition? A text before. Good luck. Break a leg. Believe in yourself. A text after. How did you do? Are you okay? I know what it's like to be rejected. I mean, everybody does. But in show business, it's like you go up there for sing 32 bars and then you never hear anything. You have no feedback. So giving the encouragement and the push to go on and to believe in yourself. And if they choose not to, I don't judge anybody for giving up show business. It's hard. I always say you don't go into show business unless you die if you didn't. So yes, I had good teachers. I had great teachers, but I don't think I had a teacher the way I choose to be a teacher to my students. I'm still very much involved in the classical world because of the Belcanto Institute, where I have met some beautiful people from the Metropolitan Opera who have become friends, and I still get a taste of that world. And because of the work I've done here and friends in show business, it's opened doors to do other kind of work. I work at the Christian Chenoweth Boot Camp, and she's just been wonderful. My friend Michael Orland, who has been the musical director for American Idol for the past 15 years, he and I continue to work together, and he's out in Hollywood. But anytime he can uh, recommend me and, and I give him students, it's a mutual give and take. This summer, I'll be going back to work at the Christian Chenoweth Boot Camp. I just got invited to the St. Louis uh, Cabaret Conference, where I'll be teaching with Faith Prince, who is a three-time Tony winner and numerous 13 Broadway shows. Also, I'm a faculty member at the Broadway Artists Alliance, which is a wonderful program in the city, one of the first to offer classes to young people during the summer. And I'm like the old sage voice teacher there, which is lovely. And I don't teach voice. Basically, I give workshops and and lectures on the wisdom of being a good, healthy singer and rudiments in, in the technique of healthy belt. The Makers is brought to you by Trade and Prosper. Here we share the stories of individuals and businesses that make our communities. We believe in those who are committed to doing well by doing good using their hands, minds and hearts to create a better place for us all and believe that a little sweat and a lot of sharing turns a community into a populace of prosperity. Trade and Prosper is a forum where those like-minded individuals meet to trade ideas, information, goods and services, as well as build long-lasting relationships that enable them to expand their reach locally and also globally. For more information on our organization and for more podcast episodes, head over to tradeandprosper.com. Follow us on social media for the latest news and events about businesses near you. So you're doing a lot. 
I mean, you are involved in many, many things. Do you think doing that, though, is keeping you relevant in this space? I was just reading an article actually on LinkedIn this morning about women and ageism in the corporate world. You know, and and I read these articles and I try not to get like sucked in (laughs) and to look at it differently. So, I mean, what do you say? This is to me, this is the beauty of, first of all, how lucky am I to work with young people? How lucky am I to work with music? I mean, I'm so blessed. I had a friend and a colleague. Her name was Carol O'Hara. And she was 101 when she died. And she taught until 12 weeks before she passed. Wow. She was elegant and beautiful. And, and because of her wisdom and experience, young people gravitated towards her. Mm. And, you know, I know I'm old fashioned in a lot of ways and as wild as I used to be, I've gotten a little more, cons- a lot more conservative. And I think that's good because the kids kind of hear the younger ones, the high school ones, hear from me what they hear from their parents, except they hear it differently from me. I think in this field, and I hope I'm right, that if I keep on top of things, I know what's happening in the music world, that it's ageless. Mm. And the kids are so great. I always say I'm old and they go, you're not old, you know. I try to, you know, stay current. Well, you have such incredible energy. I mean, you really do. I don't. My son is 30, so he's out on his own. As your kids, you know, they're getting older. And I am a single woman, though I have amazing friends. And as I said, my ex-husband, my career, I might be pathetic to some, but my career is my life. I just love it. Well, loving what you do is important. That is true. And I think that, you know, I'm interviewing and speaking and hearing amazing stories from small business owners who are doing all kinds of amazing things out there and passion it's like their passion projects so they're taking their passion projects and trying to actually live it every day and well, move away from the job i've ne- i think i had two straight jobs in my life and i was so bad at them i think i got fired from one <laughs> and the other one was i uh, was an assistant at the Gage Group, which is a very prestigious uh, talent agency. And I was the assistant and I used to wear f- those acrylic nails and they still tease me. I've remained friends with them. They tease me that they're still finding nails all over the office because they'd <laughs> flip off when I filed. Oh, I was so terrible. Um, but it taught me that was another fantastic door that opened yeah. because I was in an agent's office and a top agent's office. And I learned about the business at that time. Now, some of my students that have worked on Broadway and they come in for lessons, I'm learning, too, how the the casting process is different than when I was performing. And through my students, my professional students, I learn that keeps me current, too. Yes. And I'm a big uh, I still I still like to study. I mean, you never stop learning. And sometimes I go through times where I go, oh, I could learn more. Let me listen more. I'm not, I should, yeah, there's always room to learn. Right. Don't stop growing. Never. I think that's when you get old. What's the biggest thing that you think you've given to the community? Oh, God. Hmm. That almost makes me tear up. My love and passion for young people, for Young people seeing the beauty in themselves, for anybody I work with. I mean, I have a 76-year-old woman who comes here. 
to see their own beauty. I know it sounds so corny, but it is important that people walk this earth knowing that they are special. I don't do it all the time. I mean, I doubt myself constantly, but underneath the doubt, there's always, you're doing the work. Just do the work. Show up and do the work. And if you do that with integrity and with love and with knowledge, don't fake it. Something good's gonna happen. So the types of clients you have that you're teaching, it's just, it's not everybody that wants to be a star, right? There's people that are utilizing your professionalism to gain confidence in other areas of their lives. I don't say no to people unless I have no time to do it because there's only so many hours in a day. And some of my students are beginners with great passion. If they stick it through, they might become really good singers. Then I have others that are just the stars. And then I have my Broadway people. And then I have these wonderful kids that are so shy that a headmaster from a school will call me and say, she likes to sing. We know if we send her to you, she'll believe in herself more. And then the business side of me goes, oh, I'd like to have all stars. And then the more enlightened part of me says, that doesn't matter. As long as when they're in here, they learn something, they laugh, and their spirit opens up. And that's really what it's about. I have a big ego. You know, I like working with Christian Chenoweth and all these Broadway, I'm not gonna deny that I don't. But my happy, most fulfilling is sitting behind my piano, you know, teaching kids that I can see beauty as we all can as mothers, I think, in the most unfortunate kid going through puberty, you know? <laughs> and we, and we, I laugh with the kids, you know? Um, and if they can laugh at themselves, it's not as painful, you know? Well, I mean, just looking at you, wiping your eyes here. <laughs> no, I, you, you're just such a warm, loving, compassionate person. And I asked you that I question. I could be a bitch you. too. We, we all can. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> we need the yin and the yang. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, um, the, you know, I asked you that question, really knowing what you give to the community and understanding. And But I think for people listening, that, that diversity also must really make you grow as a professional teacher. Every kid is different. Every student is different. I have to learn to say things 25 different ways to reach someone. Just the other day, I had a student uh, junior in high school was having trouble with the phrase and I used my phrase, whatever that is. And he said, do you mean X, Y, Z? And I said, exactly. I said, where did you hear that phrase? And he said, from his music teacher at school. So I said, you think that and you think what I told you, let's see what happens. And it was like, boom. I called that music teacher and I said, thank you. It takes a village. You know, our egos want us to think we're the best and voice teachers are the worst at that. We all think we're the best. And I could probably lead the line on that thinking I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I called her and I said, thank you. Thank you. You added to my bag of tricks. You added to my wisdom sack. And then I called the other students that have her as a music teacher and said, you know how your teacher says this? Because they're, they're in the process of doing a very difficult production, vocally very demanding. Wow. And um, so I called the other kids that are my students that are in that production. I said, think of what your music teacher tells you. And they were like, okay. 
<laughs> but I thought it worked. So, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Did that answer your question? It did. I no. digress, don't I? So, well, so Celeste, what about the business end of your business? I mean, you know, all that creative stuff's obviously where it lies for you, but then there's just running the business you know, managing it, all of those bookings, your calendar, I saw insane what's on your calendar every day. How do you keep organized? An Apple computer <laughs> and a book. Running a, a business like myself, I, I, you, the solopreneur, is that how they, they Solopreneur. Yes, yeah. what she said. I think it's you find your own organizational skills and what works for you. I thank God that there's an Apple computer where you can move things around. I am in a service business. I am in a community where there are people with families and things happen. I am much stricter in my city office than I am, or city studio than I am here. Somebody has four kids and one of the kids gets sick and the mother can't. Am I really gonna stick to my 24 hour cancellation policy? No, I am not a good business person. I say I'm a business with heart. I certainly have rules and regulations that I stick to, but I do understand and am compassionate to the family unit and what that means. In the city, it's a different story. You're professional. You want this. You canceled a half an hour before. Sorry, you pay for that time. But in, in Nyack and in the community, I'm a little, I hope I'm fair. And in my community, I can nurture. Right. Hands-on, very hands-on. Yeah, and it's never enough. Well, and plus, not even just hands-on, connected. Some of these kids, I fall, I mean, I love all my students, but I have had friendships now as adults with people that studied with me that are, you know, one of them had five or six Broadway shows. We still keep in touch. Another one's a well-known choreographer. We keep in touch. So from the time that you transitioned into teaching today, and this is maybe going to be a little bit of a hard question, but you can just guesstimate the growth of your business, you oh. know, just understanding that kind of one foot in front of the other, people trusting you, knowing that you're the, the go-to. How long do you feel that took until you felt like, okay, I have a strong following? I don't know if that's happened yet. I mean, I know I'm busy as hell and I know, thank you, God, I can pay my health insurance, you know, and I am blessed with abundance, but I never take for granted. You know, I make a mistake with a kid and I go, oh, and I'm hopefully able to say I'm sorry, you know. I remember, okay, I'm, I talk too much, but I was musical directing a summer program production and I asked the kids to do a round of quick walking. And I patted one of the boys in a very motherly way. Come on, move. And I patted his tush. Well, he went home and told his mother. That was a huge lesson for me. He then became one of my dearest students. And again, he's now an attorney and, and I'm so proud of him. But is he dealing with sexual harassment? <laughs> right. I was like, oh my God. In an instant, I could have ruined my career. I believe I am a good voice teacher. I believe I am a pretty good businesswoman. You know, you got to be flexible when you work in your community because your reputation is everything. Yes. Everything. Have integrity. I said it before. Do the work. I thought I shut that off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, do the work. Have integrity. Be fair and honest. And know your craft and know your community. 
you know, I have some friends in LA that say, oh, you should be a hundred dollars a half hour. What are you crazy? <laughs> I not here, maybe in LA you can, but I, I couldn't do that to my community. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any, anything that you want to say to close this lovely chat? Well, yes, that I got to know you a little better was nice because you lived down the street, but we were both so involved with our children that it was hard to connect. I think you're younger. But I think I left my son with you one time. You did? Was I good to him? Did I tie him up? It was was Halloween. And the streets was amazing for Halloween. Yes. Oh, the best street ever. And I think my James was baby and you were like, oh, you took him. And I'm with Sophie and I'm, there I go. I go off and you're like, uh, Louise, do you want your son back? I don't remember that. Oh, that's very funny. Um. <laughs> Seasoned in the most wonderful way in the community. I mean, just the years. I mean, think about how many oh, I know. lives you've touched. I, I just feel lucky and blessed. I've, and be humble. You know, I brag. I know I brag when it comes to you know, working with celebrities, it's good business, you know, like social media. I used to never be on it. And my friends would say, come on, it's good business. But deep down, oh God, I just feel so lucky. I feel lucky to be healthy. That's the most important thing. Thank you for joining me this week on The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. Follow us on your preferred listening channel for new episodes released every Monday. Tune in next week for a conversation with Yong Zhao and Shui Zhong of Junzi, a small but growing restaurant chain serving northern Chinese food, inspired by childhood staples and made with healthy seasonal ingredients.